Latter-day Liberty Podcast, Episode 3. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Latter-day Liberty Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Matt Kent, and I have got a treat for you today because I'm going to be joined by somebody. I'm actually going to have an interview for the first time on this podcast. I have a co-worker. His name is Daryl Portsline. He has graciously agreed to be my very first interview. Um, Daryl is a fellow Mormon libertarian. I like to think of Daryl as my first libertarian convert, if you will. Um, that's not exactly accurate because he was already very libertarian-leaning when I first met him. But in the course of that year that we've worked together, we have gotten more and more um, into discussions about politics. In fact, if we're in the break room talking, most of our coworkers will drive them crazy because they'll they know exactly what we're talking about. We'll be bouncing new Rothbard ideas that we're just coming across or whatever. Um, we you know as we read new things, it's it's been great to have somebody at work that is very very much in line with my my political thinking as well. That we can uh, toss these ideas off of each other and and, uh, and learn more together. It's been it's been great. So I'm sure that you will enjoy his company as much as I do. We want to welcome. Daryl here. Thank you, Daryl, for being here. Thanks for having me on, Matt. So to get started, now I've, I've kind of given people um, and kind of a, a short introduction that, you know, how we know each other and that sort of thing. But I kind of wanted to get a little bit more into, um, I don't know, your history and and specifically politically um, thinking, but we can get on some other topics as well. But for now, for the first thing I would I would ask is uh, like for you when was when did you first get it more interested in politics? Um pretty I feel like it was pretty early early in my life I guess. Um I can't ever remember not being interested in politics though I imagine there was a period of that kind of bliss but um <laughs> I I think it kind of started um my parents were both kind of, uh, you know, outspoken about a, a few different issues that they were particularly um, concerned with. Um, my dad and I, I grew up talking economics with my dad a lot. Um, so he, he's kind of always been into economics and, you know, kind of into the kind of the Milton Friedman style of economics and, and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what got me into the, to the politics stuff. I, I think economics is kind of where it started my and i still have a quite a big passion for the economic side of things but nice so so your dad was already interested in milton friedman and all that before like when you were younger and everything yeah yeah and he kind of encouraged me um just through some of my school assignments and things like that um encouraged me to read some of milton friedman's books and um that's kind of where i started learning about um, you know, this thing called the free market and capitalism and how awesome it is and all that stuff. So, Oh, cool. So now did, had he gotten into anything to do with like Mises or, or Rothbard or anything like, you know, more of the Austrian school of thought or? No, no, not at all. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of the Austrian school of economics until pretty recently. Um, and, um, I hadn't heard of Mises or, or Rothbard. So, uh, I, I guess Milton Friedman was the was the most libertarian I got I, I got as far as like libertarian thinkers um, for for quite some time until more recently. Huh. Well, that is cool. I I didn't know that your dad had been more into Milton Friedman. Even he's he was pretty key in in uh, some of my political thoughts as well. Like well, economic thoughts. Uh, he's probably one of the best defenders of capitalism I've ever heard. I, I don't know. I I've watched some videos online and he's 
he was fantastic when it comes to that kind of thing. So that's awesome. So now you, you've told me before you were homeschooled, right? So when you say that your dad in your assignments or whatever, what kind of, what kinds of things did he do uh, to get, I don't know, to get those brain juices going? Well, um, the homeschooling thing, um, in general, I think kind of, kind of opened up, I don't know, just kind of a different way of, of looking at things. I mean, I, I think that, um, the way things are taught in public schools often, um, is maybe just part of the story, you know, and, and I kind of feel like maybe you don't get the full story in public school. And, <laughs> and I did go to public school some as well. So I do kind of, I can compare the two a little bit. Um, that's interesting. And, I'd like to hear and that. Obviously. Comparison. Yeah. And obviously the, uh, I guess the, um, what you learn, what you learn anywhere is, is, is biased. Like, you know, it's coming through some lens. So of course I got a kind of a biased view from my parents, but the cool thing about my homeschooling experience was that, um, it wasn't just me sitting at home with my parents and them lecturing me. I was, I was actually rotating around through a bunch of different families in our community. Um, and each parent of the, of the kind of homeschooling group we were a part of had, um, a certain skill set. Um, certain things that they that they knew really well, either a degree in that thing or or just something they were really good at, and we would learn different subjects from the different parents. And because of that, and and a lot of these parents had had very different political views from my parents. So I kind of got a a, a pretty good mix of of different uh, of different approaches to um, to to teaching and schooling in general, and and to politics. And you know, I mean, even when even when uh, I was taking a chemistry class from uh, one of these parents who was a, actually a biology professor at the at the university where I grew up, um, things would always turn to politics in one way or another. Um, <laughs> not that that permeated the whole the whole class, but right. just that you know it was it, it became apparent you know that that uh, these these parents maybe had some different views than my parents and, and I was able to kind of chew on some of that. And, and then my dad would come in with Milton Friedman and, and, uh, Cleon Skousen and, and stuff like that. And, and so I, I kind of got a pretty well-rounded, uh, experience there, I think. That's awesome. So now, um, would you say that most of the other teachers, mostly the parents were more, um, I don't know, socialist in view in their views or I don't know. And the contrast there, I guess would, is that uh, is that mostly what you dealt with, or? Yeah, um, de definitely would. I would definitely call the, uh, most of the parents in that homeschooling group were were pretty pretty liberal or socialist leaning, and my parents, as far as I can remember, were kind of the lone conservatives in in that group. Um, so that that created some interesting dynamics. But I mean, everybody was very respectful and and very. Um, um, you know, got along really well. Um, and, and it was, I actually thought it was really cool of my parents to kind of, uh, let me out into that environment, so to speak, let me go over to these other people's houses and take classes from them, knowing that these people had some pretty different views, not just politically, but religiously, um, than what, than what we had in, in my home. And they were still willing to let me go out there and experience those things and, and be exposed to that. And they weren't worried that I was going to somehow get corrupted because I, I assumed that they kind of just felt like they had a good foundation in our home and, and that 
you know, it would only be good for me to, to be exposed to other things. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I've, I've noticed that, our, uh, you know, you've told me that you're still in contact even with uh, like friends on Facebook or whatever with some of the, like there's one teacher in particular that she's always posting things that <laughs> are a little bit less than, you know, um, libertarian. Uh, but, but yeah, that, um, it's always been, it's been fun to, to see some of those interactions as well. So now when you, so with all of this, you're learning all these things from your, your parents, and then you're obviously learning some different um, political views and that from, from your other teachers and that. Um, where, when we first started working together, where were you, where, what, had, what did that all culminate in? You know, where were you politically speaking as far as your political thoughts go? I definitely would, have, would place myself squarely in the kind of the conservative um, mold, I guess, at that time. Um, so I, I remember I, I, you were pretty libertarian leaning. I do remember you describing yourself that way, but I w- what were like some of the things that about libertarianism that were still kind of on the fringe for you? Yeah, um, that's a good, that's a good way to describe it. I think, I think I was libertarian leaning. I, I had, um, just from things I read from libertarians and some different, um, you know, ideas that I had, I was starting to realize that I really was, was kind of in more agreement with, with a lot of libertarians than I was with conservatives. I was, I was getting a little frustrated that conservatives, um, or, or at least the people in, in po- politics that we call conservatives, you know, like your, your typical Republican candidates for president and, and these type of, uh, you know, quote unquote conservatives. Um, I was realizing that, you know, they were talking, they would talk a big game about the, about the economy sometimes, but then they would turn around and do pretty much the opposite of what they said they were going to do. Um, and now it seems even more recently that now they're not even really, they're not even really, uh, trying to hide the fact that yeah. they're pretty much just <laughs> socialists with, you know, maybe a few conservative leanings in some social issues. Yeah. A lot of them so, are actually proud of that fact, right? Yeah. It's really interesting. But growing up, I always felt like, you know, I mean, you know, you got your George W. Bush who, um, you know, at the time I thought like, well, you know, he's, he's not a bad guy. I'll, you know, I, I guess I'll support him. I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, like he didn't do anything that was really, conservative or or you know fiscally conservative so it's just kind of interesting um how how that all happened but i i would say that i was kind of slowly moving towards libertarianism but i didn't really understand at the time when we started working together i didn't really understand what libertarianism was i had never i hadn't quite been introduced to the core of libertarian thought and and what really drives libertarians Nice. Um, now, had you been introduced to libertarianism at all before that, or like? Yeah, and and I definitely, and I had, I had probably even heard of, you know, the non-aggression principle or or whatever, which is is kind of that core that I'm talking about. But I guess I hadn't really internalized it. I hadn't really realized just how principle-based libertarians were, and how it's all about these core principles and then those can be applied to different situations. Um, I just kind of thought libertarians were basically conservatives, but just more conservative. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's really not the case. It's really something different, but, but yet something very principle based and, and, uh, really very much more in line with, with my, um, my own thoughts, um, religiously as well as just, um, philosophically. 
Right. Now, um, with on, in comparison to that, like when we first started working together in that, where where would you say you are now as far as your political thought? I would definitely have no hesitation um, telling someone that I am a libertarian. And, and sometimes I have to clear up the fact that I'm not necessarily a libertarian uh, in the sense that I'm, I'm a party going libertarian, like I'm, I'm a member of the libertarian party, but I have, I, I sometimes have to clarify that I am a, you know, lowercase l libertarian um, in that I adhere to the core principles of libertarianism, namely the non-aggression principle, and, um, and the, the rest of my political thought kind of flows from from that principles nice what have been some of the i don't know the 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 straggling um concepts or whatever that for you were the last things to finally tumble as far as conservative conservatism and all of that you know as far as being a republican and moving over to being an actual just a libertarian what were some of the final things that that had to fall for you that were difficult to give up yeah i think the the biggest one for me and the thing that was really keeping me in that um kind of conservative realm was um um was the military aspect of our government and just the fact that um for for most of my life i just kind of assumed that one um our leaders are in a position to know more about what's going on in the world than i am and i really have no choice but to trust their best judgment on these foreign issues. And if they think we need to go into war in Iraq, then who am I to argue with them? Because, I mean, they're the ones who know. They're the ones looking at the intelligence. Um, and that was that was a big... That was one of the reasons why I felt like I couldn't go full-on libertarian, so to speak, is because um, I felt like libertarians... I, I even referred to them... Um, as isolationists, you know, and, and how they, you know, they just want to bury their head in the sand and act like, you know, nothing bad is going on in the world. And, um, that was, that was huge for me when that kind of all, um, when I really kind of understood, started understanding what's really going on there and realized that, um, you know, all, all these wars that we're fighting are, are, it really has nothing to do with national security and has everything to do with control and, um, um, in making government bigger just in different ways and and i and i i hadn't really realized that um until really until we started talking and until you um introduced me to um connor boyack's book uh feardom that and that's when i really started understanding that um to really be a small government or limited government even a limited government type of person you can't also want this huge military industrial complex that we have going on because those two ideas are just simply not compatible um so i think that was probably the number one uh thing that that really made me realize like hey i can fully um go with this libertarian movement now because that that i've i've finally uh you know the the smoke has cleared and I finally kind of see the <laughs> war stuff for, for what it is, I guess. Right. I, I do remember when I first, um, I asked you about Ron Paul, cause we were talking about politics. Uh, the very first time I think that we got actually into politics and that actually, I think the first time we, we got into politics was in the break room. You and Lance were talking about the, you know, uh, legalizing drugs or something like that. Like why marijuana was illegal and, and all this sort of thing. 
and I, you know, I jumped in the conversation because that ha- held a lot of interest for me. I didn't. I thought you guys were actually arguing the opposite of what you were saying. I thought you were, you know, I thought you guys were actually <laughs> saying, you know, you couldn't make it legal. That that would just be awful and all this. But you guys were actually saying something totally different. Um, but other than that, then I, I remember we got into a conversation about Ron Paul and I asked you, you know, well, what, what do you think about Ron Paul? And I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm thinking that's what you had brought up is that, you know, well, he's, he's great except for the foreign policy stuff is just, you know, that that's a holdup for me. I don't know. It was, it was really interesting. And what's funny is that's actually, for me, that was one of those last things to tumble for me as well was I, I looked into libertarianism, but I, I again, like you said, I, I felt like, who am I to, to know the difference between, you know, how, how can I make this judgment call? They've got all the intelligence and so they'll let us know. And I didn't see the, I hadn't recognized the benefits, I guess, that they get from, you know, the, the entire, the incentives that they have in, in getting us into war. I hadn't recognized those either. I thought everybody, you know, nobody wanted war, but come to find out it's just the people fighting the war that don't want the war. (laughs) It's not the people making the calls. Right. Um, yeah. That that's exactly that's exactly how, how kind of was was my progression as well. And and obviously you were pretty instrumental in in kind of guiding me through that um, and helping me kind of kind of come around on that. Because yeah, I, I think and I think a, a lot of your probably a lot of your listeners are kind of maybe feel the same way that you know that's one area where I just don't have the personal expertise to know whether we should be going to war or not or know whether we should be interfering in this country or not interfering in this country and I think that's uh, you you nailed it when you said that um, it look at the incentives you know and we, we hear kind of the follow the money phrase you know that's really true though I mean who's getting rich off of these wars well it's definitely not joe schmo in america just trying to just trying to live his life and and mind his own business he, he's not making anything off these wars who wants these wars to happen is it you know and and you realize that oh there are actually some very specific people that are that are making a lot of money off of this off of this whole war thing and they just and, happen to be the same ones that are getting us into the war <laughs> yeah exactly and and you realize that okay they actually have an incentive to go to war. Okay, that changes their thing, things then. D- regardless of the fact that they have more intelligence than we do, you know, as far as like, you know, CIA and, and whatnot. Um, but look at the incentives. And um, as, as soon as you start, as soon as you allow a system of government to, to um, be created where you're at, where it's actually in the ruling class's best interest to go to war, you're going to have endless war. And, and that's definitely where I think we are right now. Yeah. And that was, uh, for me, that was, a, that was definitely one of those things where once you recognize that incentive, it, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those where it's like, it makes you angry, right? It's like, wait a second, like, hold on. This doesn't make sense. And it wasn't until somebody actually pointed out, I think it might've been Tom Woods, but they, you know, actually it might've been Ron Paul, but they, they've stated, you know, they, they just asked the question, you know, if there were no incentive to go to war, why have we been in war? Like we have not, not been in war since World War II. We, we went through World War II and we've been in conflicts ever since. None of them have been declared wars by the Congress, but we've been, you know, in these covert, whatever, it, it has been nonstop. There, there has to be an incentive there or else we would not be in those, you know, in other, going in other countries to do all these things. That's interesting. Now with that change um, and you know, fully embracing libertarianism. Uh, what have, what's been the reaction maybe with like your parents and that? What, what, have you talked to your dad about this? 
Yeah, um, I I still uh, have a lot of uh, riveting political discussions with my dad um, on on a fairly regular basis, much to the dismay of of uh, my mom and <laughs> my wife and everyone else who's around when we get into these discussions because they want to you know play a board game or something, and yeah. then my dad and I are going <laughs> off on some crazy political discussion and. And they, I think they get kind of sick of it sometimes, but my dad and I love it. Um, <clears throat> we've been doing this, you know, ever since I grew up, since I was growing up in their house and everything. And, um, oh, and that just reminds me that, um, another thing that kind of got me into the politics growing up is my dad, um, uh, he, he worked, he was working, um, as a, uh, re- repairman for musical instruments. And, um, he, he worked downtown in the town I grew up in. And uh, I would actually uh, take the bus or ride my skateboard downtown and just kind of hang out downtown and go to the library and read books and um, check out movies or whatever. And then um, would also go to where my dad worked and hang out with him for a while. And he always had Rush Limbaugh on. It seemed like every time I went over there, he had Rush Limbaugh on. And <laughs> oh, so, no. <laughs> it, that really got me, uh, you know, just kind of thinking about some of these political issues uh, uh, growing up and and of course you know at the time my dad and I were all like yeah Rush Limbaugh he's so awesome you know and he's really showing those liberals you know how it is <laughs> and stuff like that and um, it, it was funny but it definitely kind of got me got me going on this on the, on the whole politics thing and got me interested in it but um, but back to your question um, the um, oh no I just forgot what your question was um, <laughs> what's what's been your dad's reaction to this yeah so. So my dad um, is—he's—he's he's barely starting, I guess, to um, become less of a Rush Limbaugh conservative. I guess is it to to bring it back to the Rush Limbaugh thing. So he's definitely—I've um, he, been where my dad is for for most of my life, and and I kind of made the final you know slide into into more of a maybe pure libertarian way of thinking. And my dad would still very much consider himself a conservative. And um, we've had some very interesting uh, discussions um, just about the whole idea of the use of force and when is that justified, um, you know, and is it really justified in all these scenarios that our government currently is able to use force to to accomplish, you know, whatever they want, pretty much. And, uh, you know, and I'm just kind of trying to start bringing these ideas up to my dad and say, you know, is is force really justified in these circumstances? And and uh, it's been interesting to see him um, kind of struggle between, well, no, force isn't really justified, but but you know, him trying to imagine a world where where there isn't force and coercion, it doesn't. He doesn't quite understand how how that could be possible yet. And so it's been interesting to have those discussions with him and and uh, uh, see him kind of slowly start to come around on some of this stuff. So. We'll see. We'll see how that goes in the future. Yeah, that's interesting because that's that's those are pretty much the exact same conversations I have with my dad, <laughs> and he'll send me you know the emails from, you know he'll forward me the th- the newsletter from Newt Gingrich or or something along those lines. It's like oh my word, <laughs> it's really hard to it's it's hard to to discuss these things without getting really upset about you know getting right away just getting right <laughs> into you know that is total crap like he's just junk and yeah it's it's been it's been fun but my dad's actually he's i would say he's the exact same as your dad he's been more he's more um uh conservative but but there are quite a few things like you know for example the the 
the police and their use of force and that 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 does that is something that does bother him and that's something that you know the the uh, uh civil asset forfeiture or whatever yeah he he's brought he had like when i bring that up like that does upset him that really frustrates him that you know they shouldn't be able to take your stuff like that it's your private property so he does recognize a lot of things like that it's yeah it's it's the next step in you know well let's if we were to further apply that principle <laughs> how else you know is this is it is force justified in this area yeah it's been very interesting now the we when we were going uh when we were going to lunch the other day, first time I ever met your wife, I climbed in and I, I remember I asked her about, <laughs> uh, I asked her about um, if she was okay with you being, you know, libertarian and that. And she did, or if I asked her if she had noticed any differences. And the one thing that she brought up was uh, she said, well, it's, it's not that bad. It's just that every time we pass a cop that's giving somebody a ticket on the road, I get a lecture about how this... <laughs> That's awesome. So what what is her what has been have you noticed any like, you know, change in her opinions either? Like what has been her reaction to all of this? It's been it's been really interesting um just like just like my dad and obviously I live with my wife now and and so I, it's it's been more of a constant um thing and and yeah, just like she said, you know, every time I see a cop now, every t- you know, whatever it is, <laughs> Um, there almost anything can trigger me and get me going off on on politics or or some of the philosophy behind my politics, you know. And um, it, it's been really interesting to 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 see her reaction to it. Um, she definitely, I think, maybe thought I was going off the deep end a little bit um, at first. Um, and, and but we'd have discussions, and and sometimes it would you know go badly, and she would just you know kind of <laughs> kind of just you know want to end the conversation. But then. Uh, especially more recently, she's been she's been a lot more open to the ideas, and and uh, I just kind of asked her because I was curious, you know, just kind of asked her the other day, like, okay, but seriously, like, what do you actually think about this stuff? Because I know I talk about it all the time, and and most of the time you seem to kind of agree with what I'm saying, but you know, what do you really think? And and she just kind of said that, you know, well, I I agree with most of what you say, um, I just I don't know if I'm quite as libertarian as you are. But but I'm pretty close, and I've I've definitely changed some of my views as well. So it's cool to to see that. Um, and you know, not not that uh, not that I think that it would cause like huge marital problems if she didn't right. become a libertarian <laughs> just like me. You know, and, and, and we're we're still we're still fine that way, obviously. But um, it's it's cool that you know something that I'm really passionate about that she's kind of showing an interest in it as well and and is kind of going through some of the same changes that I went through. Yeah, and that's actually been with my wife as well. I I actually I had the exact same conversation with her. <laughs> you know, cuz I I'll get in on certain things, I'll go off about things and that and what's funny is I've noticed that her um she does not like when I when I bring up, you know, when I talk about I've got all my kids calling, you know, whenever we see the cops on the side of the road, pulling somebody over, giving out a ticket, I've made the point, you know, well, this is, this is incentive for them. They actually directly benefit from the the fines that they incur. You know, this is like Prince John, you know, this is, this is Prince John off of Robin Hood. They're, they're out here collecting their taxes or whatever. (laughs) So every time we pass a cop now, our kids, you know, they'll kick in with all Prince John and my wife does not care for that. She doesn't like that idea, but she has started getting a lot more into, you know, when, when our, 
when my paycheck comes and she looks at the amount of taxes that have been taken out again, she gets into the whole like, you know, what did they ever do to deserve taking my money? You know, like, <laughs> so that's right. been something that's been interesting. What's interesting with my wife is that she has actually the biggest thing that she has a hard time with um, or the thing that she has the hardest time with is literally just how um, avid and how, <laughs> how, uh, Oh, I don't know how passionate. An passionate I am about like when it, when it comes up, she's like, I just don't want to, she's like, I'm not as far as you are for sure. And it doesn't make me nearly as angry. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think that I don't get too angry, but I definitely get very passionate. And yeah. sometimes that looks like anger <laughs> to, <laughs> to the outside observer. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, but my, I think in, in discussions with, with, people that, you know, maybe have, you know, some, uh, some agreement with me on, on certain topics, you know, and a lot of, uh, especially a lot of LDS people, I think, um, agree with me on a lot of things, especially if you start talking about, you know, lowering taxes and maybe cutting some of the welfare programs that we have, you know, and getting rid of some of this dependence that, that people have on government and stuff like that. I think that, that, uh, rings true to a lot of people. Um, I think that's kind of, you know, a good place to start with people. Um, you know, find the common interests and then find what's the root principle at play here. Why is welfare bad? Why is dependence on government bad? What caused this dependence? Um, you know, who, who, who has the incentive um, to make people dependent on the government? Well, you know, they're buying votes essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, right. They're, they're buying political power with government money. Well, where did the government get its money? It got it from you. Yeah. It took it from you. <laughs> So, you know, you kind of just walk it backwards and kind of get to the root of it and realize, look, there's a there's a principle at work here. And I mean, when you really take it all the way back, it's private property rights. Right. Right. And, and everybody. Well, most people think that they support private property rights. But when it comes down to it, they are they are giving up some of those property rights to government every day in the form of taxation and and other ways that the government violates your property. And so then you bring it back to some of those core principles and then you can start applying those principles to to other areas. Um, so I think that's kind of a, a way that I've I've approached it, and 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 seems to lead to some good discussions with my wife. Another thing that that my wife um, it, is passionate about, and that kind of leads to some of these discussions, is um, education. Um, she w uh, went to school to become a uh, elementary school teacher, and she she taught f uh, fourth grade for four years before we had our first child. And, uh, and then she quit to, to stay home with our kids, which has been really awesome. But, um, but she's very passionate about education because of that, those experiences. And she wants our kids to have, you know, the best education of which of course most parents do. And, um, she's starting to realize that maybe the government run schools are not the best place for our kids <laughs> to get that education. And especially with, with my openness to the idea of homeschooling with my background, um, she's been very, very interested in, in possibly homeschooling our kids. So that's something that we're thinking about doing. And uh, that has started a lot of interesting um, discussions about education and about how little choice we have in education. She was just telling me this morning, actually, um, before I got on the phone with you, that um, she was having a discussion with some friends last night. And they were talking about how you know, they're sending their, their kids to this elementary school and um, there's two, there are two um, 
I don't know if it was kindergarten or first grade or something, but one of the, there are two teachers in, in whatever grade they were talking about. And one of the teachers was the good teacher that everybody wants. And the other teacher was, you know, just okay. And, and they were kind of saying, you know, yeah, the other teacher's okay, but, but you really want to try to get this one if you can. And then my wife and I just kind of were laughing because they're, they're so worried about this one school and these two teachers, literally out of all the teachers <laughs> that probably surround them, they are stuck going to to one of two teachers. And guess what? They don't even have a choice. They can put in a request to get the better teacher, but they'll pro- they only have a 50-50 chance of getting that better teacher. And then we just started, real- why, is, why is there no choice in education? Why do, why are we stuck? If you happen to live in this plot of land, you have to go to this school and you get one of these two teachers. Sorry, that's, that's your option, you know? And we were just kind of getting into that and as to why that is the case. And, and we're realizing that, well, that's the case because it's, it's a top down government run one size fits all type solution. And choice does not really enter into the discussion when you have that type of a solution. And we were just kind of musing over the idea of of maybe a private education system where where the where there isn't a government run school system and you have private education and just how much more choice there would be in that kind of a system and the teachers that are really awesome are going to get the business and are going to make a lot of money and they're going to be awesome and the ones that don't are going to be easily pushed out of the market because nobody wants to go to them but in our current school systems you know the crappy teachers just stay in there because well they have a license and this school hired them and you know they're not going anywhere and they now have tenure and yeah and and we essentially force kids to go to to go to them to be taught because you know that you don't have a lot of choice and of course you luckily we live in a in in a state that does allow you to homeschool and and has some some uh some better laws that way and does give you some of those choices but um, you know our choices are still severely limited and it's just um just interesting to 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 see that side of my you know that's something my wife is very passionate about and so when i get her talking about that um she <laughs> kind of can see like oh yeah that the the free market really has a better solution to education doesn't it you know see and that's which is really funny because that that's actually one of the biggest hang-ups i i hear from people actually you know well how would you you know how would education work in a free market you know you're going to have all those people that just can't get an, an education it's funny that she's she's coming around on that specific issue because that for a lot of people that's actually one of you know that's one of the hardest ones to give up so that that is that's pretty cool well awesome well um that actually puts us right at about the time that we needed for today but um, we for sure want to have you back on um, on the show, and we'll probably. I'm going to warn the listeners that this is probably the beginning of of multiple um, appearances by Daryl because he <laughs> he and I have become. Um, I don't know. He's he's the one that I you know when I really have a new thought or whatever I can't take it to my wife because she's already sick of hearing about all these these things. I usually hit up Daryl because he's got the same passion, <laughs> and so we usually you know we'll get each other riled and usually at work, everybody will walk in and that's usually what everybody, you know, it's like, oh, there's Daryl and Matt, you know, what are we talking about today, guys? You know, <laughs> they, they know what it is. So, yeah, we've definitely uh, spurred some interesting conversations at work and yeah. some coworkers have, have come in and some of them seem, seem to be pretty, uh, pretty open to these ideas and others are a little bit like, well, you guys are nuts, but yeah. Yeah. Hostile, I think would be a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's been fun though. Yep, I definitely enjoy our, our discussions and and look forward to being on again. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Daryl. We'll talk to you later.
All right. Well, there we go. The very first interview in the record books. Um, you'll have to let me know how that go, how that went. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I thought that was fantastic, but you'll have to let me know how it is on the other side. Um, join me again next time when we will be discussing, I want to go in more depth about the, the free market and the problems that it can solve. And hey, I might even have somebody on here, a, an expert of some sort to help us get through that. You, you'll have to tune in to find out. Until then, have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.